Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. WGR Sports Radio 550. It's time to take a look inside high school sports. Now, here's your host, Tony Caligiri. Brought to you by Mighty Taco. Mighty Taco would go great right about now. By Minio and Sapio Italian Sausage. Taste the difference quality makes. And by Dent Neurologic Institute. Developing solutions to neurological problems faced in our community. Having such a great discussion off the air. We gotta get going here. Good morning and welcome to Inside High School Sports. I'm your host, Tony Caligiuri, along with Joe Marguccio, Roger Weiss, and we have the Trench Trophy. We have Carl Kuros and Ed Sierra in. We're gonna have our big announcement today, the finalists. Who will it be? So that's coming up. We have our news and notes. We're going to talk about the Maple Grove game. Uh, Canisius has one more. We'll talk about that. Uh, we're going to hear from Frank Wolf a little bit later on. Uh, we're hoping he calls in for news and notes, but if not, then we're going to talk to him. A little hockey in the last segment. Hopefully you guys all had a great Thanksgiving. And we're uh, Nate and I were talking before the program. We were both in a food coma. That's how much we ate. Raj, how'd you do? Be funny, you're talking about food on this show. It's a I know it's a show. first. It's a first. I figured it's once. A first this week. <laughs> did you have a nice Thanksgiving? Absolutely. Just the four of us. What did you eat? Everything. Everything. Okay. How about you, uh, Joe? No, did pe- you... We didn't have pizza. You didn't have pizza. <laughs> no. <laughs> I hibernated like a bear throughout the day. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. There's times I wish I could do that, but no, it was a great Thanksgiving, and we survived my cooking. Uh, Niagara Falls police and fire were not called out to the house. That was a good sign. So it was it was uh, it was nice. It was great to uh, spend the day with the family. And today we have Samantha's birthday party. So that's what I'm doing after the show. Four years old already, Raj. Get that goalie. Start saving for that goalie equipment. You got two goaltenders in the house. I think she's going to be a softball player. She loves uh, swinging the bat and hitting the ball. Uh, throws righty, swings left. Is that good? That's the norm if you don't do both with the same hand. The odd, the oddballs are the one that what bat right and throws. Yeah, if you not, do yeah if you else. bat right and throw left, you're in a serious minority. So <laughs> if she throws right and bats left, that's common. Okay, good. Just just checking. All right, guys, let's get into news and notes. And I want to start off with the uh, Western New York Amateur Football Alliance. They have college football recruiting night coming up December the sixth. Uh, from 6 to 8.30, it's going to be at the New Era Field, the Jim Kelly Club. You're going to take the west entrance at gate number 6. Led Jankowitz is going to call in next Saturday, and we're really going to go over this. This is important. Uh, they have uh, football players, uh, whether you're in public schools, private schools, you're all invited. This event is uh, conducted to help expose our quality 
area seniors to as many college football coaches as possible in a casual, convenient setting. The event will provide outstanding opportunity for college coaches to meet our senior athletes and the parents to discuss a variety of recruiting and financial issues. Available will be Division Two and Division Three colleges and universities. The representatives will be on hand to answer any and all questions you may have. If you have uh, DVD or other media uh, transcript, bring it. It will uh, help you as long. So this is the event to help to follow up on our 2016 high school football junior combine sponsored by the Western New York Amateur Football Alliance. So uh, make sure you got that marked on your calendar, Raj. Just And I said it before, and I'm going to say it again, for you uh, student-athletes who have a conflict that night, there are also similar sessions going on either Monday or Wednesday at either Rochester, or if necessary, you have to go as far as Syracuse. If you do have a conflict on uh, Tuesday night that they are going to be at the Nerf Fieldhouse, please Contact your coach and uh, try to make an arrangement to make one of these other nights for when and where, what times. Okay, uh, Joe, did you have anything for news and notes? And I know, Raj, you have uh, something as well. Yeah, three basketball tournaments and boys basketball. Uh, The Buffalo Rochester tournament uh, tonight, Finney at at Albion at 7 o'clock for the championship. And then you had the CCA tip-off, Christian Central. Um, you got Riverside playing Grand Island tonight for the championship at Christian Central Academy at six, and then you got a Can Am tournament up at Niagara Catholic. Uh, three games today: St. Paul versus East, St. Michael's versus Nichols, and A. N. Meyer versus Niagara Catholic. Yeah, Niagara Catholic won, so they set themselves up uh, nicely. Yeah, this is the season. A lot of tournaments, tip-off classes, things like that. Of course, we'll have center court on as soon as we get. Uh, free him up on a Saturday. Check him out on Twitter. Uh, follow him, uh, Center Court, viewfromcentercourt.com. You check out his blog. You talk about somebody who does amazing work covering high school basketball. He is the man. So we're going to hope to get Center Court on soon to uh, go through uh, and preview the upcoming season. Scrimmages going on, as I said, tournaments. Raj, this is uh, basketball season in gear. Yeah, uh, and to follow up what Joe said, there's also a girls' tournament today at Alden High School. Akron is playing St. Mary's of Lancaster in a championship game. I believe it's a 4.30 start. 3 o'clock, Alden, the host team of the tournament, plays a consolation game. And I don't have in front of me who their opponents are. But 3 and 4 o'clock at Alden High School today. Excuse me, 3 and 4.30 if you're interested in girls' basketball. Alden plays Pembroke. And St. Mary's plays Akron. Right. Okay. Uh, I got one uh, sad note to report uh, for you uh, old timers out there, when, you know, that are almost as old as I am. Class of '67, West Seneca High School. You notice I said West Seneca. I didn't say West Seneca West or West Seneca East. There was Before only one split. that time. Yep. One of the greatest athletes in Western New York history, in my opinion, Michael Ernst. Passed away uh, early this week in South Carolina, where he was living at the time. If there would have been a Conley Cup back in 1966, I guarantee you he would have been a finalist, and he may have won the Conley Cup. I'm not going to go over his uh, junior high school stats, but senior year, he played eight games. Bearing in mind the ECIC, there was no playoff and championship. It was over after eight games. 
16 touchdowns and two uh, extra points for 98 points. Back then, if you ran for an extra point, it was only worth one, by the way. Uh, 656 yards and 65 carries, so he averaged 10 yards a carry. Eight rushing TDs, six touchdown receptions, a 70-yard kickoff return, and an 85-yard punt return. The only player that year to be named the Buffalo News Player of the Week twice. First team all ECIC Division I, first team all Western New York. Track and field has the school record at the time for a 100-yard dash, 9.9 seconds. And believe me, in 1967, 9.9 in the 100. That was haul and butt, as they say. 53.4 seconds for the 440 dash. Uh, somehow he missed out on the 220. Don't ask me how. Long jump, 21 feet, 8 inches. Triple jump, 43 feet, 3 inches. Uh, second in the 100-yard dash in the ECI. First in the AAA sectional meet. First in the 220 in the state qualifier. Went to the state meet. And, oh, by the way, in basketball, his uh, third sport averaged 11 points a game as a point guard. Wow. Going to be truly missed. Uh, again, Michael Ernst, West Seneca High School, class of 1967. Oh, he was also a Green Beret when he went into the Army, but that was after he went to junior college and was on the national championship junior college football team. Wow, my condolences. Other than that, he didn't do much of it. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Michael con- Ernst, we're going to miss you. Condolences to the family. Also, uh, rest in peace to Nick O'Neill. He uh, played Little League for me when I was coaching in North Buffalo, and he just passed away from cancer, leaves behind three or four little kids. Uh, Nick was 24, 26 years old, something like that, way too young. And uh, he's going to be missed. This is the third player that uh, I've coached that I am you know, had to talk about them passing away, and, man, it's difficult. I should also mention uh, our condolences go out to Gene Tundo and his family on the passing of his dad. Oh, yeah. Condolences. All right. Now we got to try to pick up the pace of the show a little bit. Uh, it's so hard when we have to bring uh, bad news, but uh, it's out there. Uh, I want to welcome uh, Carl Curris and Ed Sierra to the show, the Trench Trophy guys. Uh, this is the big announcement that we've been waiting for, the Trench Trophy uh, and awards annually to the best, what do we say, lineman or person with hand-down pre-snap? Usually it's hand-down. Um, uh, sometimes it gets vague because sometimes uh, one of our kids might play in the trenches one way and maybe be a fullback or a linebacker on the other side. Our tiebreakers are always, we're looking for the kid that plays in the trenches both ways, offensively and defensively. So uh, that's sort of the tiebreaker, but sometimes there's some kids you just can't overlook because they're so outstanding uh, in the trenches. When you guys go to the games and you're out there, you're watching, and then you're breaking down film, what are you looking at? What are you looking for? Uh, uh, let Let me just add this. It's funny because when when you go to a game or you go to a practice site and stuff, there always seems to be a spot of the field that's brown. You know, it's probably about six feet wide and five feet. It's a rectangle, and it's, that's where the linemen practice. And what happens in a game usually is some guy with a striped shirt puts the ball down, and people, well, they notice where, where the spot is, and then some other guy break, gets on the ball, and you don't see the ball until the guy over the ball snaps it to somebody 
who everybody says, oh, the quarterback's got the ball. Oh, he handed it off to him. Oh, he threw it to him. And everybody's watching these people. But, you know, we don't watch that. You know, other than coaches and some parents, uh, we're the ones watching the players, the other people that are playing the game. And there happens to be 22 of them out there, and uh, everybody's watching where the ball goes. And uh, we got guys that go out there, and some of the guys that were backs, so I mean, in college or in, in high school, they go, man, it's hard to watch a game like that. I never watched a game like, like that before because there's a whole bunch of guys out there. And like I said, under, under them, the ground is brown. It's some mud and dirt and dust. And, you know, the other guys are in the, on the grass practicing, and these guys are in the, in the pits. And uh, that's that's why we originated this award. It's it's really not a, you know, it's really not an exact science. And uh, if you went to our meetings, you would know. Uh, we have them every Sunday and throughout the year that we we are discussing and weighing and disagreeing, and sometimes even agreeing. And I'm sure will. that's the rare point. Is yes, the agreement is. point? Cussing yeah. and discussing is about <laughs> what we do. Exactly. Yeah. But I mean, what are you? Are you looking at, at technique? Are you looking at uh, how a player dominates his opponent? Let's just you know, look, you're looking at an offensive tackle. Is he moving uh, the end around or, or you know, whoever? That, that's how, exactly right. How's yeah. his feet? You know, how's he set? Is he got the the, the knees and the hip bent? Uh, when you're at a game, it's really hard to do a lot of that stuff. What what I personally do is, you know, you usually have some inside information from the coach or somebody to, you know, look at these one, two, three guys. So you're you're mostly keying in on that, and you do watch to see if he's dominating and, and that type of thing. Where you get into the footwork and, and things like that is more on the film study. You know, you might catch it uh, on a play or two here and there, but you're looking for, you know, his, at least I do for his domination and, and that type of stuff. Are you also looking at who he's going against? Yes. Yeah. If, if, if you the, have, you know, a, a, a lineman that's 300 pounds and he's going up against a, a D lineman that's only like 240, he's just moving them all yeah, over we, the place. We well, do, that's hard to, to judge. Yeah, we do take that into consideration, you know, his competition. You know that we relish it sometimes. Uh, a little later in the year, week four or five, where uh, you know we have two kids that we're watching that are actually going against each other. I mean, that's just a you know a, a great thing for for us. We just love it. Yeah, we don't always get a, a Moose Jesenowski versus Christman matchups like we did at the stadium that year. Those are the ones we like. Two guys that would be finalists going head to head. It doesn't happen very often. And, you know, Carl and uh, Ed mentioned about, you know, you look at the feet and all that. I have enough trouble why keeping my eye on the lineman and not drifting to the ball carrier, let alone watching his feet and all that. So I'm probably, you know, I do the early work. I get the stuff from the coaches. And if I see the kid that's impressive after I uh, watch the kid, then I pass it on to the committee and I say, hey, this guy looks pretty good to me, but I think you guys should go look at him before we nominate him. Of course, that's usually how that works. Roger gets information that you guys don't. He gets it from the concession stand. <laughs> so he's going in there getting the inside yeah, slant. Yeah, you know, what players with the numbers are the ones that are most often at the concession stand? <laughs> you know, this is for Tony's vote and all that. Yeah, well, R- Roger's right, right on point there because uh, Ed and I speak about it all the time. we got some loyal guys that see a lot of games, and I, you know, this some of them, one of them's in the office right now in, in the yeah. studio, but uh, we got people that may see four, five games that are from the North Towns, and then they go to Florida, and they'll send us a little email us or send us something, and say, you got to watch this kid. You know, these are our feeder scouts. So then we have a bunch of scouts that go to two, three games a weekend, 
And uh, then we also ha- have video and film that we, we study and can look at. And like I said, every Sunday between 8 and 12 or 15 guys show up, and we, we have a newsletter, a weekly newsletter, and uh, we discuss what you know who's going to be nominated and so forth. And we give out 70 beautiful uh, portfolios uh, to kids, uh, seniors, uh, in Western New York, and that, that to, that to, to me, it's, it's a classic award to begin with, and we want to we, we want to make sure that it's a beautiful game these kids play, and we want to make sure we get some merit to the kids that are actually never getting any attention. You know, and it's hard because you know we got a list here. I'll tell you what, this list could be triple the size of it. Oh, I'm sure. You know, and uh, you know we we only have so many so much money to spend and so many trophies and we have to have criteria and you have to have a vote and you have to respect the people on your committee to say you're you know, I respect what you're saying and your boy I didn't see it that way, but that's the way we we, we come to a consensus and uh, I'm sick about some of the kids that aren't on this list. Well, because you know, we see how the uh, arguments go. We look at it on our Facebook page inside high school sports and when we did the Connolly Cup uh, announcement and the arguments start and in fact Dennis Arrow when we went to the break he looked at his phone well here they come already mm-hmm. you know so you're going to get them but I think it's important that everybody knows where your mindset is where you're coming at as far as how you're looking at these players uh, you look at uh, penalties does that weigh in in your decision well this guy you know he gets nabbed for holding once a game you know let's you know, dock him for that, or did he give up a sack in a crucial game? Things like that. Yeah, so, know, many, so many variables. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that, though. It was a, a few years ago uh, where if you get two unsportsmanlike conduct penalties, you, you're out of the game. And uh, one of our – it was a better lineman, though he, he got thrown out of a game, and unfortunately we had a few scouts at the game watching him, and, it, you know, it, it, it kind of cost him at the end of the, of the year. You know, he – he got a nomination at some point, but he wasn't a finalist. And I looked at. I was just uh, going to want to mention. You know what I forgot to bring, and I swear every year we talk about trench. I bring it, and I always forget it. Is that a little poem or whatever you call it uh, that, uh-huh. Pacu- uh-huh. that Pac- the lineman poem that Pacula reads every day? If I think of it, I'll bring it next week and read it. It'll be a week late, but you'll appreciate it. Is why uh, how, how our committee works. I would like to thank the coaches out there. Preseason, I called a lot of them. They told me their top couple of guys and stuff like that. Then at the end of the season, I would call a coach and say, hey, can you send us some tape on huddle? And not one person turned us down. Good. Well, I'm happy to see that the coaches are involved. And, you know, they're pushing for their kids to win the awards. It looks good on them when they, yeah. when, when they do. Uh, so, I mean, like, Joe, what are you looking at when you're studying? I look for nasty guys. I like the tough guys. You know, a defense sometimes, forget technique, man. You, If you can do it and find a way to do it by yourself and get the job done. Well, it's got to be result-driven. I mean, Yeah, it's got to be result But then on an offense line, you you got to have technique. If, you know, you're gonna if you don't have technique, no you're technique. not going to succeed. <laughs> Unless you're a big, huge dude and, you know, it's just nobody. You're, you're just in the way. Yeah, you got you to yeah. bend, like you said, Tony. you gotta, you got to be able to bend at the knees and bend at the hips and be able to – Stay shuffle, like how that. do you shuffle your feet? Yeah. How do you get out to get that edge rusher if you're a tackle? If you're a guard, are you are you able to pick up that blitz coming up the middle? And I'll tell you, you know, it's another point. I don't know how important it is, but there are different calibers or uh, types of line coaches in this area. Some schools have the coaches that are specifically 
uh, good line coaches, and there's others that, oh, I'm new to this, so let me see how this works. And you can see the technique rub off in the kids, and sometimes you say, oh, boy, that kid had a little bit better technique. Or he was, and I hate to, I don't want to say he's, we have bad coaches, and we don't. Anybody that, anybody that would put that much time and effort in is worthy of, of my respect for sure. That's why it's important to go to James McNally clinics whenever he does his thing. I the amount of knowledge that you can get from him, it's immense. You, you'll you not. That's it right there. That's the guy you need to go to. He's, he's and, fabulous. Yeah. He'll be at our banquet. He's tremendous. And In we'll, fact, I, if he go, has it this year, I have to go. There's no question about it. Because I learned this past year, it's like, wait a minute. I've been away from the game for a little bit. I, get, I need to brush up on my technique. Plus, the, the clinic we had with him, he was trying to teach all the coaches. We had over 100 people the first one. How to keep the head out, you know, to to eliminate uh, limit concussions. And well, so heads forth. up football. That's what we're trying to do yeah. is keeping the you know your arms are up, your elbows are down, your head is up, your shoulders pinched back. You know, it's all designed for safety, and it's important. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back from the break, we are going to hear our list, get our finalists for this year's trench trophy. We'll be back with more inside high school sports. Puck. Felt it rolled on us a few times in prime scoring areas, and it's frustrating. You know, you, there's not much you could do. It's, it's, you got to bear down a little bit more, but, uh, you know, it's just, it's frustrating. It's, you know, it's, it's scoring goals against the problem, and, you know, that's, that's my job, and I'm not doing it right now. Sabres forward Ryan O'Reilly following last night's 3-1 to loss to the Washington Capitals. The Sabres continue to struggle finding the back of the net. They've scored two or fewer goals in 12 of their last 13 games. We don't have the bounces with us right now. Uh, we had, uh, I don't know, two or three uh, posts uh, in the first period. Uh, we've been having a little, we've been on this tough uh, stretch lately and uh, been struggling scoring and uh, we haven't had the bounces with us. We've been having to work really hard for every goal uh, we score. Sabres netminder Anders Nielsen there. The Sabres will get a few days off before getting back on the road to face off against the Senators on Tuesday night. You can hear wall-to-wall coverage of Sabres sends right here on the radio home of the Sabres. WGR Sports Radio 550. Now to the Bills. They are back home and will face off against a few familiar faces when the Jacksonville Jaguars come to town. Doug's not this team's coach anymore. You know, I am. I'm, I'm blessed to be the coach here. So I hope it's a miserable experience, you know, for everybody. We want to win, man. I think our fans are this is as loyal a fan base as there is. So we want to create that miserable day for people. The fans are, are a big part of it. Wall-to-wall coverage of Bill's Jags from New Era Field starts at 7 a.m. It'll lead you right into the call from Murph, Mark Kelso, and Sal Capaccio on the radio home of the Bills, WGR Sports Radio 550. A few quick notes from the college game. Reports indicate LSU will name interim head coach Ed Orijan as their new head coach after rumors of a contract to be in place with Houston's Tom Herman to be their new head coach in Texas. Charlie Strong, he's expected to meet with Longhorn officials today. He'll learn his fate moving forward. I'm Nate Geary. This is WGR Sports Radio 550. More Inside High School Sports is next. We're back to listening inside high school sports. Tony Caligari, Joe Marguccio, Roger Weiss. We have Ed Sierra and Carl Curris from the Trench Trophy. We're about to find out who our finalists are. We have Frank Wolf. He's covering hockey. We're hoping that he's going to call in for the last segment. We'll see how that goes. Raj, one thing before we get to our finalists. Yeah, I just want to uh, get back to Michael Ernst who passed away. Those statistics that I obtained, you know what I had to go through to get those statistics? It's from 50 years ago. One text message to Paul Hustler. 
That's Two all hours it takes. later, he sent me an email. Western New York, you don't know what a jewel you have in high school sports with Paul Hutzler. How's he doing? Getting better. Awesome. Keep it up, Paul. We miss you. All right, guys. Are we ready? This is it, the moment everybody's been waiting for. We're going to hear the names and a little bit about each player as you guys go through this. All right, okay, so. we, haven't, we don't know what we're doing here. We, we need a drum we, roll. We have, Join the club. Yeah, I was waiting for Roger to have his drum. Uh, I think we'll just announce the name. Yep. And uh, Yeah, just tell us a little bit about each player. Okay, uh, our first guy is from uh, Dunkirk. His name is Cheval Black. He's a uh, guard and linebacker. A big, strong kid, too. Um, he was a dynamic uh, blocker, and he was one of the leaders of that team and uh, one of the big reasons they went as far as they did this year. Yeah, Mr. Ingram owes a lot to Mr. Black. <laughs> exactly. Uh, again, our next one is uh, Michael Carr Johnson from Hutch Tech, uh, a two-way player, uh, hustles uh, both sides of the ball, and he's just in trenches on both sides of the ball. He's a you know very strong kid and and what he for his size he, he's really agile and uh, he moves extremely well for a big guy. That's what the college coaches are looking for. Okay, we're trying to do this alphabetically so there's no right. Uh, <laughs> uh, the next the next per- we're trying to do it alphabetically. <laughs> the next person is uh, Nathan Emmer from Iroquois High School, uh, number seventy two, two way player, offensive. Uh, Tackle, defensive tackle. Paved the way for Brandon Yaks. Yes, he did. He's a big, strong kid. He's got great athletic ability and uh, plays hard on both sides of the ball. Okay, uh, next we have Tyler Grisolia from St. Francis. He's a strong and dominating player, but one thing that I personally notice about him is how smart he is. He's very rarely out of position, and just he's a dominating player. It helps when you really understand the game. Okay, uh, next we have uh, from Franklinville, Ellicottville. I don't know which school he's from, but uh, it's Preston Hutchinson. And uh, he's a good two-way player. Uh, we noticed him uh, a couple times, and we got some good reports on him, and we liked him. What I like about him is he's like a, he's an old school lineman. You know, he's like six foot two hundred pounds. You know, that's uh, when I went to school. That was <laughs> you were a big kid when you were six foot two hundred pounds. Sure, uh, but he he's a, a fireball. He packs a punch and uh, he plays bigger than what he is. I saw him in the mate when they played Maple Grove, and uh, it would have been in uh, Ellicottville early in the season. Uh, I mean, Maple Grove pretty much handed it to. Uh, Evil Frank, as I call him, but this guy was uh, not out of place by any stretch of the imagination. Good choice, guys. Good choice. Uh, next uh, Hall of Fame inductee is Nick Jones from Dunkirk. And let me say this. We normally don't select some two people from the same school. But uh, Nick Jones and Cheval Black playing next to each other, center and guard, and then one in front of the other with a nose tackle and a middle linebacker. We just couldn't really separate the two. We're both I, good football players. That says a lot about that program. And Nick Certainly. Jones, I don't know if a lot of people knew this, but like his 11th grader, he tore both ACLs. Right. And yeah. came back Both from that. of them? Yeah. Wow. yeah he, didn't yeah. Play, he didn't play the first two yeah. games. Yeah, he missed them. And coincidentally, if you, you know, they, Dunkirk lost the first two games and they started their, their big run when uh, Nick Jones came, came back. back. And he's, yeah, they dropped their first two games. Extremely strong and agile and... Uh, you know, it's no surprise that that they came back and and looking at at the at the stadium games there. I mean, how many third and fourth downs they converted right behind them on quarterback sneaks? Yeah, it's honor. 
not, I guess it's not quite more than a coincidence that uh, the two games they lost to were to uh, what Olean and uh, Chicktawaga early in the year. Those are not the games you want to miss at Nick Jones. No. Our next uh, Hall of Fame inductee is a Sean Kloss from Clarence High School. Another big kid. Yeah, he is big and strong and agile, and, and he's just a, a rock-solid player for them and, you know, one of the leaders on that team. Okay, and the next Hall of Fame inductee is Jacob Luderman from Lancaster, mm. number 77. Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a, I guess what you'd call a real stud, you know, has a road grader mentality, and he's probably one of the reasons Lancaster really, you know, turned that program around here and, uh, you know, he's just a, a heck of a lineman, uh, primarily on offense, but he does uh, switch in there on defense as well. Next Hall of Fame inductee is Nathan Pulowski from the Cleveland Hill Class C champions. Nathan, he was another kid that he was hurt a little bit in the beginning of the year, and uh, uh, when he came back, uh, Cleve Hill season kind of turned around a little bit as well. Uh, solid two-way player, the leader on the team, and he moves extremely well. Okay, next we have Tyler White from Kenmore West High School. Tyler White is he's a he's a fun kid to watch. He's you know he's big and he's strong and and he's extremely fast and he, he's just like uh, he's a force out there. You know he's just he's a fun kid to watch and he's just he he has a lot of fun playing the game. Out there yeah, and on defense you got to count for where he's at. You know because he's coming. He gets his sacks. Yeah. Alphabetically, I missed one. Daniel Kubik from Orchard Park. I was just going to say, you went from K to W. <laughs> Wait a minute. Time out. I told you, I was just speculating on the, the oh, okay. alphabet. Carl, the phone was ringing on that. Where is it, kid? Could it be a Greek alphabet you're working off of? You know, no, Ed handed me this. <laughs> You know, we're waiting the other night for, a, you know, Carl gave like a little self-imposed deadline of Wednesday night, you know, to get all the votes in. And, you know, we're sitting at the Elks. We're waiting, waiting, waiting. You know, two more votes are out there, two more votes. And it's really close. And, uh, you know, it's not like we could skip these votes and just go without them. So it's getting about 11 o'clock. So Carl said, let's go down and listen. So you, who didn't send in here? It turns out it was me and Carl. <laughs> <laughs> And Real good, guys. That's when we're putting the alphabet together. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and our 12th finalist. No, we we got to talk a little bit about Mr. Kubik there, you know. Yeah. I mean, how can you miss that kid? I mean, he's he's big. I mean, he's got all the tools. I mean, he's really, he's, he's what, about 6'7", six, 6'7". Six, he's huge, and he's a very dominant player. I mean, you know, and his wingspan is just, you know, he he, he has a lot of tools. That he's going to play some more. Yeah, he is. Tony, Terry Kuwik took a picture of me and uh, Mr. Kubek at the uh, media day at the Ralph Wilson Stadium. And my wife looked at that picture when he got home. I mean, it looked like Shaquille O'Neal standing next to Pee Wee Herman. That's how wow. big this guy is. <laughs> oh, what a great... <laughs> okay, our last, of course not least, is J.B. Wilkes from Grand Island High School. Now, this kid, he's, a, he's what we call like a pure stud. I mean, he is real strong, both sides of the ball, and, and, and he plays with an edge. I mean, he's, he's a tough kid. Ed's got studs and pure studs. <laughs> yeah, this kid's a pure stud. Does pure stud, stud have the yeah. advantage over stud? Well, it depends on the day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I saw him in a game against uh, Star Point. Very impressive. Yeah, I saw him against, uh, let's see, Amherst. Uh, very solid. Absolutely solid. 
we could probably sit here and uh, and and talk about you know half a dozen more kids oh, as but well. I, but can I interrupt for a second? Because if I don't say the word Xerox this year, <laughs> uh, Gary Wayne is going to be really upset. Yeah, I mean, we Xerox all our stuff off. Well, we're, we're high tech now. But well, we, we do have two more announcements to make, or two more kids. Sure. We we, uh, we do. Uh, in conjunction with uh, Be the Best uh, Lyman Camp, we, we give an underclassman a That's large... That's Dave Hack uh, Camp, right? Correct, yes. And we give uh, a large school and a small school uh, underclassman award. And this year from the uh, large school is uh, Jeremiah Sanders from Time in St. Jude. And from the small school, it's Tariq Whitaker from Cheektowaga. Two outstanding linemen. And, and we also have, within the parameters, we used to always give 10 out... And uh, we sort of decided that maybe we can expand our program to r- embrace more of the really good kids by saying uh, a ward zone called the pit bull, you know, and uh, that's where s- uh, some of these kids may fit in a little bit to be- because they're a defense standing up defensive end or a, a, a linebacker guard, you know. So that's why there's twelve. We have that that. Uh, mixture of football players now, years ago like we would have the 10 and, and two players would have been left out and so we kind of elevated our little pitbull award so that they are true hall of fame inductees and, and again we, we had a meeting and roger will test to this okay we got to get this list down i think we had uh 23 or 25 people on it when we left we had two more people than we started with <laughs> yeah yeah, wow. we, we came in the meeting was down to twenty three, and we were we, the meeting was to eliminate some of the twenty three to get down to maybe fifteen and all that, and we left that meeting uh, going from twenty three to twenty five. <laughs> well, you think about it, all the teams that are out there and all the linemen, that's a lot of players, and to sift through and go through and pick out who are the top ones. That's that's an endless task, and you guys do a great job with that. Well, thank you, Tony, and thank you yeah. for having us. And we really oh, this is my pleasure. This is a lot of fun, and, and we're happy to have you. And now we're going to let you guys go, and we're going to get into, uh, as Roger says, tell you what you no, did wrong. We're going to tell wrong. you what you guys did wrong. <laughs> <laughs> or tell the audience what you guys did wrong. All right, we're going to break a little bit us. early, and uh, we'll be back with one final segment of Inside High School Sports. Last segment of Inside High School Sports. Thanks to Ed Sierra and Carl Kurz from the Trench Trophy Committee for coming in and giving us our our trench finalists for the year. Interesting list. And while they're giving it, my phone is ringing off the hook uh, from my old coach. He, I don't think he liked the list. <laughs> Sorry, coach. I just you know, it's their list. Uh, so, congratulations to all those who were nominated. All right, uh, games last night, Maple Grove, season comes to an end. One-point loss in double overtime. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't know what to say on that. Uh, They might still be playing if they had uh, standard high school goalposts instead of uh, the uh, narrower goalposts uh, at the uh, Carrier Dome. The reason I say that is... uh, they have a young lady who's a soccer player, basketball player, and uh, I forget what sport she plays in the spring, probably lacrosse, but she also kicks for the, uh, you know, the opponents. And she just missed a uh, wide left on an extra point attempt, and I think that might have been one of the reasons why they went for two. I think it wasn't, you know, that was 
part of the equation had something to do with that. Unfortunate. Maple Grove had all the game all but one. First and goal from the ninth in overtime after they held the you know the opponent from uh, scoring. Uh, one of these situations, after the ball snap, the quarterback stumbles on uh, when the center stepped on his foot and just mitched, made the pitch out errant enough where, uh, and I think it was Benson that the ball was actually being pitched to on that uh, crucial uh, play at the end. And uh, they were able to recover. They scored. They know Maple Grove scores a touchdown. They get the first possession on the second overtime. Kick the extra point. And uh, gave up a fourth and 11 pass. What a play that uh, they made against them. And the uh, rest, as they say, is history. Hey, congratulations to Kurt Fisher. <coughs> Excuse outstanding me. Outstanding season. They had three guys playing that weren't 100%, and they performed admirably. DuBose, the quarterback, Brad Benson, a uh, running back. Uh, these guys were playing hurt, and you wouldn't notice it by their performance on the field. My hat's off to them. They're still champs, in my opinion. Sure. And, uh, you know, I want to ditto that, second what you said, and just congratulations. Outstanding season. And we know one thing, they will be back. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, they don't rebuild, they reload. Exactly. Uh, Canisius... They have one more game. This is for State. And I know there was some confusion as to whether they were going to be able to play this game, but they are. When is it, the 4th? Yeah, it's next Saturday. Sunday. Next Sunday, okay. They wanted to play it this weekend because the team was off this weekend, but they couldn't get a field because they're in the Bronx, couldn't get anything. There was actually talk about playing at Yankee Stadium because they have the pinstripe bowl there, and Mm -hmm. the field's already there. So now they're going to play next Sunday, like you said, and – this team is kind of like not your regular team. It's a powerhouse because, you know, you got Archbishop Stepniak there. you got St. Anthony's, right. St. Peter's. So they kind of like lost the first three and just kind of the steamroll. And then they had the fourth seed, and they ended up beating some top teams. And they're a two-man show. Their quarterback had 2,944 yards. Um, 32 touchdowns, and their wide receiver, uh, 43 catches, 12.49 in yardage, 19 touchdowns. Uh, the quarterbacks got an offer from Albany and Central Connecticut, and but their their scoring on the year was almost 369 points and 349 against. A lot of their games were like 51 to 49. So if they won, it wasn't very big. I almost look at it as like Canisius really has to play some defense or stop these two guys because he the quarterback was also the leading rusher with like 500 and some yards. So they're strictly a passing team. So what do you do? Put uh, spy on the bet, double up on the best receiver, and maybe blitz uh, the quarterback. Well, that quarterback seems like he's fast. Make the well, other... you got to contain the outside. Then your ends got you. Make sure your ends stay at home, and maybe send the pressure up the middle. But, yeah, I, you know, this team must have, as the season's gone, just got on a roll. Or was it a team like, you know, we saw with uh, Dunkirk, you know, missing a couple of players yeah. early, and, and that maybe that affected them. Uh, but uh, Kanisha's obviously going to have to get their offense. That's been working well, and then they come down to the defense. Yeah, that's a tough conference because Monsignor uh, Farrell's also in that conference that plays St. Joe's every year. 
top to bottom, that's there's eight teams in it. And it's the top teams in over there in New York City in the Catholic League. Why don't they just make it permanently played here? We have the availability. We have the fields. We don't have to mess around thinking about and trying to figure out dates. Bring it. Any any Saturday, we could do it. I don't know. I always thought. Yeah, middle. I don't know if you'd get a team, though. You know, this weekend, Canisius, of course, was willing to do it. But uh, how many teams want to travel on Thanksgiving weekend away from uh, whatever is going on? In well, the public school is going to do it. They're playing uh, the day after Thanksgiving for a state championship. I realize that, but uh, still. I, I can understand why they wouldn't want to come all the way across the state uh, this weekend. Uh, Me in the middle, just like everybody else does. Again, is the field availability? Yeah, but uh, okay, you're well, meeting, you play yeah, but you're meeting them in the middle now. You have it's strictly neutral. There's nobody in the middle that's uh, you know interested in all that. It's not like they have Catholic schools from the middle of the state that were eliminated in semifinals. True. So uh, no I don't interest. know if that would make sense. No, it's got to either be east or west. So maybe they keep it, you know, just alternate it. So next year it'll probably be in it'll be in western New York. Yeah, neutral site like Grand Island last year. Well, either way, best of luck to Canisius. Hopefully they win it. We got to get at least one state championship here. We fell a little bit short. And by the way, uh, it was posted on our Facebook page I believe yesterday, sometime yesterday, from uh, I'm going to guess a Maple Grove fan who said uh, I don't know, posted a copy of a tweet where Randolph fans were, uh, you know, picking on Maple Grove for losing that game. That's know, not right. I know all about it. And you talk, do talk to the Randolph coach about it, and he got on it. Okay, ASAP. That's, you know, you don't do that. I mean, we, well, root no, for your section I, six I, to win the championship. Exactly. You know, put I the am, rivalry aside. I'm yeah. not a. I don't believe in this, and I call it the Will South, Will East mentality. You know, their favorite team is obviously one team, and their second favorite team is anybody who's playing the other team. Yep. You know, like the Yankees and the Red Sox. Yeah, get I that once in a while. I don't. I you know, once you're out of Section Six, I root for Section Six. And we saw it. Uh, a St. Francis coach wishing Canisius the best. Is I can't believe it. But I, I'm going to root for Canisius here. We want a state champ. That's the right attitude to take. Yeah. All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up. Thanks to Nate Gary, and, uh, again, thanks to the Trench Trophy guys. We will. Joe's going to post the list of the finalists on our Facebook page. You'll be able to catch that. I'm out of here now to go prepare for Samantha's birthday party. And uh, go Blue. Go Michigan. Beat Ohio State. Anthony, make sure uh, the people at the party besides you get something to eat. Don't eat everything yourself. Why? Always, What's the matter with him? He's always slapping you about I know. I'm going to eat. I remember what your late mom told me. <laughs> Let's not go there. All right. We'll talk to you next week with more Inside High School Sports. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.